welcome to another edition of the Essential Apple Show being recorded on a Wednesday. And, well, let's cut straight through everything and get to the big, big news. Now, I know everyone's been talking about this. It's gotten a lot of traction on Twitter and feedback to the show. Yes, that's right. Something monumental has happened today. eBay have been helpful. Yes. Remember last episode where I said I bought an iPad 2, although I thought it was an iPad 2, even though the title said iPad 2, the technical description had iPad 2, but right in the bottom it said in really small letters, first generation. So I complained and said, this isn't this advertised, give me my money. Wasn't really that hopeful considering it said no returns accepted, but I thought, well... I'm going to dig my heels in on this one, uh, and I'm, I'm glad I did. Emails went backwards and forwards, just to recap him saying, oh, you should be grateful that people I've taken pictures, because not many people do. I'm going, really? I kind of thought that was a standard thing to do. Uh, and I said, well, that's great, but your pictures are rubbish. You can't make out the model number. Then he comes back to me with, uh, well, I couldn't cancel the auction when it started. I'm going, yes, you can. Here's the policy. Take a look. Then he comes back to me saying he couldn't cancel it because people had bidded on it. And he's just like, oh, dude, just give up. So I rang eBay. And after a few moments and a few minutes, I got the woman on the phone who was obviously in a foreign call centre and was new on the job because you could hear the person talking over her shoulder, relaying for her what to say. So it was really nice because, you know, we've all been there. We've all started some things. It's not fair to rip on her. Um, But she said, "Um, "Okay, well, take a look at this. We'll be in touch with you in the next couple of days. Uh, and if we f- we decide in your favour, you'll get um, an email from us along with a postage uh, postage label. And two hours later, I've got a postage label. So the iPad is all wrapped up, boxed up, and ready to go. And it's going to be in something more substantial than the blinking useless jiffy bag it got before. So yes, that's the most important news. Thank you to everyone on Twitter and Facebook um, who asked. And of course... It's also the week where if you dream a dream and you believe anything can happen. We've had Brexit and now crazy Uncle Donald Trump. I could not believe it this morning when I woke up uh, and saw the news that Donald Trump is president. Hopefully I can leave that pause in because it still hasn't sunk in. And uh, so I thought, no, I've, I've misread this. I was up making my beans on toast and having a drink in the morning, a cup of tea. And then it comes on the radio. He's giving his exception speech because Hillary's just you know, thrown the towel in. And it's, wow, what a world we live in. Now, I know everyone out there is pretty much universally against Trump. Now, I'm not going to jump on any bandwagon, although I was slightly offended when the um, when a few people said the un- and the uneducated have spoken, which is exactly what they've said about Brexit. But before we move into Apple based news, let me just leave you with this thought that I had this morning. Just because you can't conceive that someone will do good doesn't mean they won't. 
How is that for being in depth? And this comes on the back of the My Mac podcast, which if you haven't heard, please, 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 it was a whale of a time. Head on over to MyMac.com. Have a look for the latest episode that features myself. You'll enter into a world of discussion about Microsoft tablets, Microsoft Surface, why you really don't want to be having a touchscreen Mac because it, it just won't work. And the Kickstarter campaign for adult diapers, which has taken on a rather spooky ward of its own on the Twitter. Now, yes, this is another solo show because the weather has conspired against me. Skype is just doing things that only Skype can do in the world of recording. Uh, and it was just proving to be a complete nightmare. So I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to do another solo show. Now, one of the things I've noticed this week, which isn't really taking much of the news, is Apple News again. Now, if you go in and click on an article, they've changed the bottom of the screen. If you click on a story that's sort of in what I would call the top stories or the, would you call the main publishers? Like, for example, here I've got The Guardian. You used to be able to go down to the bottom and click on the bookmark to save the story. And I would do this loads because it's great that I can be out and about. I'll see a story, tag it, boom, job done for the show. But now you've got on the bottom left the share sheet, which you click on. And then you can do things like if his phone works, love, dislike, share, save, mute channel, blah, blah, blah. Or you get to click on next up in top stories. But I don't want that. I want to actually, I don't want to have to do two key presses for what I've just done. So I don't know if that's in the beta. I probably am on the beta actually. In fact, let's do some really interesting radio editing and go and have a look. Uh, I'm on the 10.1 public, oh, sorry, 10.2 PB1. And funnily enough, it just says here I've got public beta 2 to install. So I'll be doing that in a few moments. The financial markets today were supposed to be in complete and utter turmoil and things did jump off a cliff before people actually got a grip and realised that he is a business bun and all that sort of stuff. But with regards to money, Apple Pay now ranks fifth in the market share of web payments. This is from Apple Insider, who states, Within those 10,000 sites, Apple is ahead of companies like Amazon and Google, but still well behind industry leader PayPal, which controls the top two spots. One with its standard payment services, 2.36%, and the other via the PayPal subscribe button of 0.98%. Stripe and Braintree round out the top five. The same rankings continue to play it when expanding the view to top 100,000 websites, even though Apple shut Apple's share shrinks just to 0.11% amongst all the websites Apple is in 27th place. Now, let's not forget, PayPal have been around for like a bajillion years. Stripe and Braintree, was it? I know Stripe had been around for ages. So it's no wonder that Apple is sort of slightly catching up. But that is epic to catch up like that. I... I've gotten into a really bad habit now, especially in the last few weeks where I've just, what well, the Apple Watch 2 has just been mind-bending, which I'll go into in a minute. I always forget my wallet. No matter where I go now, it's only if it's only if I go to somewhere that's a little bit out of the way or maybe an older sort of style coffee shop where they don't take um, Apple Pay. If I went into a shop the other day, and it's quite a big high street-ish brand, it's not a big, big brand, but you know what I mean. And it says, yep, Apple Pay taken here. I said, all right, can I pay by pay? Oh, no, it's not turned on yet. 
even though the stickers were on the front, the POS was there, even the LCD display in colour had a nice little video playing that's saying Apple Pay now taken here, they sort of didn't realise that you they would take it. But anyhow, these things happen. But now that's great. It's I'm glad for one that they've got Touch ID in a new Mac. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Although the pricing going up, well, surely now if the uh, the pound isn't so weak against a dollar Apple, maybe you could drop the price of the new Macs. But this weekend coming, I am off to that there big city this weekend, and I'm going to cause myself a bit of a nonsense in the Apple. Sorry, cause a bit of nonsense in the Apple Store by going around and fondling everything. So on the 12th, I will be in that there Cardiff city, having a look around at everything. Coming back to the Apple Watch, what voodoo have Apple done to the Apple Watch Series 2? And I've got to thank my regular guest on the show, Mr. Carl Madden, for the Mac and Forth show, for pointing this one out. Now, since updating to the latest Watch OS, I'm getting absolutely beyond any expectations of battery life. It's gotten so good now in relative terms. Yes, I know you can get the Casios out there that last all day and blah 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 I'd rather take my, my Apple Watch off my Garmin any day, but I'm getting well over a day. It's absolutely crazy and it's brilliant. But of course, the net side of this is that I'm so lapped to days ago now with forgetting to put it on to charge. I'm getting like over a day and a half nudging on to two days, depending what's going on in my world. So fair credit to Apple for that. With everything else on it, I'm not completely convinced about how accurate the GPS is. I don't know how well it does hand off. So if you start a walking activity on your Apple Watch, then you turn off Bluetooth on your phone. That it would. I know Apple doesn't do it, and they won't show little icons and indicators to say GPU in. Uh, sorry, GPS in use. The GPU is always in use, of course. It would be nice to see something that says yes, okay, it's working now. Though, on the subject of apps, there's still no third part. Sorry, there's still no GPS support for Runkeeper or. What's the other one? Strava. I should know that because uh, I use it every week. Uh, but apparently, Nike Plus Run app has a uh, GPS built in. But apparently, there's a few issues with that. For an app that is, well, it's pretty much one of Apple's launch partners, isn't it? It's gone three and a half stars, which uh, it's okay, but there's reports of bugs, music not playing properly, runs not uploading. And well, let me go through here. So on the 4th of November, one star, 6th of November, five stars, 8th of November, five stars. The 7th of November, two stars, then five stars, then one star, then five star, then one star, then five star. And it's, hmm, do you kind of think there might be a little bit of an issue going on here? It just makes you wonder, though, what device they are using it on. The problem I have with it and the reason I haven't used it is because... I'm invested in Strava and it's going to take a great big deal for me to suddenly go, you know what, all that data I've collected over the last two years, I'm just going to bin that off and start afresh because you can import and you can't export. It does do some stuff with activity uh, and health. I believe it will read in some data. I can't remember off the top of my head all of it, but you don't get any maps and it doesn't work. It won't show you your splits or, you know, all the other handy stuff. Now, I'm not a bonkers style trainer like that, 
But it's good to know it's there for when I do start training for some big events I've got coming up next year. Hopefully, one of them is going to be Berlin, which, well, actually, that'll take me on to my next segment. If you're the sort of person like me who likes to take a bit of downtime off over the winter periods, there is still a halfway decent way to train in your own home if you're a cyclist. This week, I've bought myself a TAC-X, T-A-C-X, Flow Smart Turbo Trainer, which is brilliant. Now, of course, yes, you can get turbo trainers. It's not cheap. It's £199. You can get the ones where you put your bike on and you pedal away, watching a bit of TV. But this is different because it works on the Mac and it works on the iPhone. And the difference with this turbo trainer and others is that it gives you rolling resistance feedback. So if you're going on flat everything is normal you go up to a hill with a gradient of up to eight percent it starts getting harder to cycle and you're probably thinking well yeah that's all right but uh, we can ride virtually so you get uh you get an app for the mac or windows and you get to see your rider running riding through the streets of london or if you did what accidentally i did yesterday on my first ever ride you too could be tackling the swiss alps on a king of the mountain trial my first ride on this was at the weekend that didn't go well because of my old turbo trainer uh, i managed to crash Twice, not in the virtual world, but the real world, because somehow my bike just steadfastly refused to stay in the turbo trainer and I came off in my spare room twice, which was gutting because I just got a power up. Because if you get a certain amount of XP, which is done by drafting or cycling fast or doing a certain amount of power output or a certain amount of cadence, you get power outputs. And just as I was about to activate one via my phone, because you can also navigate with your phone, you can also send messages to riders around you and all that other stuff, I came off. So if you are looking for doing a bit of winter training, uh, I can highly recommend the TACX, the TAX-X Flow Smart. And that's going to be in the show notes as well. Of course, you can't have a podcast these days without mentioning the MacBook and the feedback that it's begetting. And it's all along the lines of they're way too expensive. Graphic cards are weak. The maximum RAM configure- configuration isn't high enough. And they're clearly not designed for the pros. Those were the comments made four years ago about the existing or then-existing, or the sort of existing, but it doesn't, but you can get a better one if you want, MacBook line. Yeah, food for thought that. The only issue I have with this is that, okay, yeah, 16 gig, if you're a pro, is not the best. But at least we know now it's a limitation of the Intel chipset, just as much as it's Apple's idea to make things smaller. But you could always make things a little bit bigger. And you're right, you could make things bigger. But then where do you start? Because you get to the sort of line to where you go, well, if Apple only added two extra millimetres here, they could do this. And then someone else will say, oh, but if you added another extra two millimetres here, you could do this. So on and so forth. Now, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, but as a sheer engineering feat, 
it's not half bad. Yes, they are expensive. That is the way it's always going with Apple products. I'm again, as I said on Mac on the Mac and Forth show, sorry, the My Mac show, I'm still mystified that a box sitting in a shop waiting to be sold can suddenly jump up by an absolutely bonkers amount. Uh again, if anyone could explain that to me. Please let me know, because I I would love to know. But only time is going to tell which seems to happen with Apple. Just so much as if... Do we... Are we all there now? Have we all accepted the sad demise of the Mac Pro? Because what is it now? Um, I think I heard on another show that's over a thousand days. Now, granted... Apple products do tend to last a lot longer than their Windows counterpart, but it's sort of getting to that point now where people are going, oh, you know, and yeah, there's still that fly in the ointment of keeping a non-retinas about. Why do we have to be in a world where we have non-retina? Everybody knows what how much we love retina. Let's just go full on. Let's just do it. The MacBook Pro, sorry, the the Mac Pro. The only hope I've got in the back of my head is that although there was one or two very small leaks about the new MacBook, that's that was brilliant, by the way, Apple. If anyone is listening, that you managed to keep that so quiet. Let's just hope they're doing the same with the Mac Pro. Now, there is a call to make it user upgradable, but you kind of think after a thousand days, they've just gone, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just leave it be, but... You kind of wish if they were going to leave it be, drop the price to something more reasonable, especially given the light of the hardware. Now, of course, Apple are very, very good at optimizing things. That's why maybe they don't need as much RAM. That's why maybe things run faster. And you do get some people saying they're only using DDR3, I think it was. They said it worked today. And it's like, oh, well, they're not using the latest, greatest DDR4, but then we don't know is, well, most of us don't know anyway. If DDR4 takes up extra memory, then what does that do for the chipset and so on and so forth? And this is the thing with the tech press or, no, that's not fair. The clickbait journalism where they latch onto something without really knowing much about it. But that is for another time. I can't wait to go to Cardiff and I can't wait to have a fondle of the new MacBook Pro, which apparently, according to a story in 9to5Mac, the new MacBook Pro outsold every competing laptop in just five days. Just in case you haven't seen this article, it goes, Apple already told us that the 2016 MacBook Pro had set a new online sales record, backed by supply chain reports of increased component orders. But Slice Intelligence, I don't know who they are, but I've got a feeling it's one of those weird, funky, analytically type companies who seem to want to make up figures from something somewhere. A bit like Minji Koo. Really? I can never say this properly. Anyway, they provided the first proper look at the scale of the orders. The company reports that the new models took just five days to outsell every high-profile laptop in the US market. That's some claim. Apparently, it's already outsold the combined sales of the Dell XPS 13 and 15, probably the closest equivalent in the Windows world, which have been on sale for more than 10 months. It also sold amongst four times as many units as Microsoft flagship laptop, the new Surface Book. 
And again, go over to the MyMac show. I know I'm promoting this one quite heavily, but yeah, how can you not enjoy a podcast where you manage to get a little bit tipsy on it? Uh, I, I like the Surface. I actually, In fact, I'll diverge here for a minute. I played with Surface Pro 2 today, and it's nice. I can't complain about the hardware or the design, but the UI, it just feels... So you've got the pencil in your hand, and when you want to touch on the screen, you get to touch and hold on... Sorry, when you want to type, you get to touch on the keyboard in the bottom right-hand side by the time. And something interesting happens. If you press it with the pen, you get to do handwriting recognition, which is absolutely brilliant. It works, even recognises commands like ipconfig and winver, which was great. But then if you touch it with your finger, you get the traditional keyboard. But when you're moving around the actual UI itself, where you've got scroll boxes, you end up sort of using the pen and at times it doesn't quite work out what you're doing. So you end up, so you've got the pen in your thumb and your forefinger, you end up holding the pen differently to use your finger. And then when you want to go back to the pen, you end up holding the pen properly. And I noticed that I was doing this, all right, not, I wouldn't say effortlessly, but I noticed that I was doing it. And it's just seemed to be a lot of time when I was adjusting the pen, you know, the pen, the sorry, the pen in my hand just to get something done. But maybe that's because I haven't quite got down to the nuance of it. Windows 10, in Windows 10 mode on the Surface 2, some of the touch targets are just a little bit too small. But fair credit to Microsoft, they have built in some really good predictive in tracking as to think where it's going to go. Anyway, back to this story. The company additionally compared sales to Apple's own 12-inch MacBook to see how its Pro laptops were faring up against the ultra-portable model. Just five days in, the MacBook Pro, the MacBook Pro models had already hit almost 80% of combined 2015 and 16 MacBook sales and looked set to exceed 18 months of sales in the first week. Hmm... Wasn't there supposed to be a uh, a supply chain issue where they couldn't get these out the door fast enough? And of course, we've all got these stories to look forward to when there's going to be issues with the first generation units like there were the MacBook Air. Slice gets its data, but analyze... Oh, here we go. Oh, it's the sigh of indignation. Slice gets its data by analysing email receipts among its panel of 4.4 million online shoppers. The methodology isn't perfect, counting only online sales in the USA, but the size of the panel should mean it provides a reasonably, reasonably reliable steer. Oh, God, so we're now taking analytics from a company that monitors email receipts. Who would sign up to such a thing? What terms and conditions? How would they get 4.4 million users? My God, if I found out they were analysing my emails, I'd be absolutely ballistic. Oh, wait, hang on. I use Gmail, so I'm pretty much giving that away anyway. Back to the article, it, however, it wasn't all good news for Apple. The data also showed that not everyone could wait for the models for the company to finally update its pro models. Of those who bought an Apple laptop in 2014, some 40% had since bought another brand. Yep, un uh, understandable, given the perception of, oh, well, it's old, it must be useless. 
Some for uh, this number will, however, include those who bought a second machine or a Windows laptop as a gift of family or friends. So there's not really any data that uh, somebody somewhere bought a laptop for something that may have been, may or may not been an Apple one. Oh God. The sales, of course, need to be viewed in perspective. Oh, here we go. Here's the compound. Here's the justification. Just as iPhone 6 sales have reflected the percent pent-up demand for larger screen phones, 2016 MacBook Pro sales will be in large part driven by a similar pent-up demand for a long-awaited update to the range. Even so, this data indicates a successful launch by any standards. And this was on 95 Mac, which came from those bastion of realistic journalism. CNET. Oh, good grief. Uh, I knew the story was too good to be true. I mean, why uh, Why would you trust a company that scans email receipts? Where are they intercepting this from? That's what's going to be on mission for the week. I need to go and find out who these people are and what they're doing. In other news, there is a link that I'm going to put in the show notes. Uh, and I, that's the point. I've got to make an announcement soon that I will be moving hosts. It's happening very, very soon. The second I've got a few bugs worked out in my process. That there's actually a brilliant article about how two BBC journalists use nothing but an iPhone to start recording their articles and how the BBC are looking to adopt iPhones in general and the whole process that goes behind it. Uh, this is going to be, again, in the show notes, and this is from Journalism News. It's actually a very good read. It goes into everything about waiting for the right story because, obviously, in a mobile device, is going to be suitable for everyone. A little bit about editing, the construction, and some of the gear that they used as well. So... Uh, I was actually very surprised that one of the a Radio 4 journalists uh, says here, Joe uses his iPhone to record pieces for the BBC Radio 4 by speaking into it about four inches away from the speaker and putting either a pillow or a towel or a duvet over his head. I've done that. If, you were, if you've ever done any podcasting and you're in an echoey room, whack a blanket over your head between you, uh, over you and the microphone and you'll sound a lot better. And that's good. Again, that'll be in the show notes. So before we go into Nemo's hardware store, there's, because I don't want to have this too long, you probably get bored of hearing my voice. Feedback. Right, so, not that I'm wishing to start any intercontinental conflict or... Divisions between countries. However, Australia have sent in one review. Japan, one. Canada, two. USA, five. UK, 12. Where are the rest of you? I know you're listening. I have some very basic stats, but even more worrying and even more sad is that we've had no feedback since August. Now, I have a go every, it's every week. I say, go in, leave some feedback. And if you don't want to leave it yourself, just email us. I will have an email address set up for the show or tweet it to me at Essential Apple. And any tweet we get will be read on the show. And of course, I'm going to say a huge thank you to Teresa from the Facebook group. Hope you enjoyed that last week for being our very first Patreon subscriber. It really has helped just sort of Take a dent of some of the costs of running this rather strange and odd podcast. 
I'm going to go ahead and take a break here because I need to grab some waters. As you can probably hear, my voice is just about going. So I'm going to leave you for a couple of minutes in the hand of Mr. John Nemo from MyMac.com and Nemo's Hardware Store. So, John, over to you. We have a double header today at Nemo's Hardware Store with two sets of recommended in-ear headphones. My friend Jim Hilbert reviews the new Rain 3 from Think Sound, and my wife and I review the Rokin, R-O-W-K-I-N, stereo wireless earbuds, and we will have the links in our show notes with the Amazon pricing in the UK. Hello, this is Jim Hilbert, and I would like to do a review of the Rain 3 headphones by ThinkSound. I believe this is the third generation of the Rain headphones, and in my mind, they're very good. First impression I had was not so much on the sound quality, but the sound deadening capabilities of these were quite impressive. Picked these headphones up from my friend Nemo. On my way home, I was cycling and found that wearing these, I heard no traffic noise. It's a little wind noise, no traffic noise. As a matter of fact, there was so little noise, I don't think I'll be wearing these while I'm cycling. I'm really sure it would be too dangerous. The design is very good. They put a lot of work into and thought into the physical design of these cables. Plug itself, the three and a half millimeter plug, has a wonderful grip to it when you pull it out and the way the cable juts out at a 45 degree angle, you almost cannot pull it by the cable. The headphones themselves are beautiful in that their body is encased in wood. Maybe being a woodworker, I really appreciated that. The sound is greatly improved if you have the right earpieces or uh, fittings as they call them. The bass, when I had the right earpiece in, was really accentuated and brought it out very nicely. The sound itself in general is very clear, very precise. As a matter of fact, so precise that I think that when I listen to MP3 recordings, say 128, 192 kilobyte, I could really hear the harshness of it. When I listen to the same exact music off the CD, it was so much smoother than it was off the mp3 recording. I listened to two recordings that I was familiar with to analyze these headphones. The first was Keith Jarrett 1975 recording of the Cologne concert. These headphones brought out every nuance of that old piano he used there. It was just so impressive to me. I don't think I've ever heard it with such clarity before. The other one was Sarah Giroux's Build Me Up From Bones. And in that recording, she performed Bob Dylan's A Simple Twist of Fate. It was her in a cello. The cello came through with such presence, I couldn't believe it, and her voice was fabulous. The rest of the album is equally good. There's so much clarity and definition between the different instruments on the recording. I was very impressed. These are superb headphones. I think they run about $90, and I think they're worth every penny of it. Thank you for listening. What do you think of the styling and the design? Fabulous. It's about the size of a lipstick. It's small, and I have small hands, so it's easy to hold, it's easy to use, and it looks terrific. The innovation, styling, and design of the Roken Bit Stereo Wireless Bluetooth earbuds are exceptional. They're strictly Bluetooth, no cable. You charge up a little cylindrical piece of metal using the included USB, and then you snap magnetized earbuds into the ends to charge them. You must see this on their website and on the Amazon links to see 
the gorgeous styling. You can either use single ear use or double ear stereo use. They have fingertip controls on the outside edges of each earbud. They store and carry and charge all in the one cylindrical housing. Everything is magnetized so you never lose anything because the pieces are always attached to one another with magnets. It's absolutely like nothing I've ever seen before. When it comes to style and design, the Roken Bit Stereo Wireless Bluetooth earbuds, and they do have a microphone so you can use them for FaceTime, Skype, and voice calling. You must be aware the Bluetooth range is fairly short. You've got to be about 15 to 20 feet from your source device, so carry your iPhone in your pocket or set it down on a table nearby. The sound quality is a little bit chunky, emphasizing the mid-range. You definitely need equalization. You will need to EQ to get the premium sound that you can from these, massaging the treble and the bass to your personal specification. And please do read the Amazon reviews. Start with the five and the four stars because some of those reviewers have very good, helpful comments. The setup is a little geeky because you need to understand the instructions and you need to understand press here for five seconds, press here for eight seconds, hold this. There's a bunch of holding and letting go and pressing to get all the Bluetooth setup sequence. And the ear barrel is a little bit larger than Jim has on those rain in-ear buds. So aside from those minor comments, a magnetized, stylized, gorgeous in-ear headphones, Bluetooth, these are going to put you way in the top of your class. Thanks for listening. Listening. Back next week. Cheers, John. Now, you can get the ThinkSound Rain 3 corded headphones from Amazon for $89.99 or £79 here in the UK. The Rokin Bit Stereo Wireless Earbuds with Mike. I had a bit of a problem finding where these were, but thankfully the good people of Rokin emailed him. You can get these for $109 in the USA, but in the UK you'll get them for $50, and I think I'm going to give them a try. Now, As we all know, we are careering headlong into that time of the year. And for anyone wondering if they say Christmas starts earlier every year, well, it does. Because last year, I sort of wrote down in my phone a few things to look out for. Like, when was the first advert playing that had jingle bells or the sleigh bells were in the background? When was the first Christmas film? First November. It was like... Halloween, right, rest of the year's done, let's all go for Christmas. And if you are going to be shopping at Christmas, I have no doubt some of you are going to use Amazon. So if you do, please, please, please consider using our Amazon affiliate link. It doesn't cost you anything. You won't get anything bumped onto your price. You don't have to sign up, sign out or tick a box. All you have to do is click our link, go shopping and whatever you buy, we get a very, very small amount of commission. I'll be upfront in on this. It is really, really small, but it all goes back into the show for cables and for new podcasting stuff, which is what I'm going to talk about in a moment. So if you are going to shop at Amazon, please use our link. It will actually be in the show notes. And if you look in your podcast player, there will actually be a link there. And who knows, it might even be clickable on. Okay, so I had planned to have more news in this segment, but things have conspired against me. I'm running long. You're probably getting bored. But the one bit of news I did catch my eye this week was that Apple has added TV OS apps to iTunes LinkMaker web app. So for people like myself or developers, you can sign up and you get to create uh, affiliate links or you get to create links to uh, links to other apps on and all so on and so forth. And it used to be you couldn't actually link to a tvOS app, meaning you just had to browse through the store or even better, hope that Apple would give you that thing at the top where it says editor's choice. And by the way, going pinout is absolutely brilliant. One of the best um, choices out there. So that's brilliant news for all of us out there who want to link to apps on the tvOS. 
I've been using it a little bit more recently. Uh, I'm pretty much almost ready now to ditch the cord, so to speak, uh, which is going to come in handy because I've got to choose my internet package. So I'm probably going to end up paying more to get a faster internet connection uh, with unlimited data than I am worrying about um, paying for the license fee because I don't barely watch TV these days. Right, I've been going on way too long for a one-man show, but there is one more bit of news. Zencaster have just released their version 1.0 beta, or are they coming out of beta? I'm not entirely sure. But if anyone out there has ever wanted to do a podcast and you're worried about what's the Skype call call quality going to be like, how do I get to do a multi-person call... How did I then share people uploading files and get thing, get it to record their end and all the hassle that goes with podcasting? Zencaster takes all of that fuss and effort away from it. Uh, I'm going to be trying it next week. Hopefully, I'll have a guest on with me then. In fact, I've got two people, hopefully, lined up. So you won't just have to put up with me. But it's Zencaster, Z-E-N, not Z, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com. Uh, go and check it out if you have any interest in wanting to do the recording side of doing a podcast very easily. Oh, wait, hang on. One more thing. Uh, I was in the, that there big city yesterday uh, and I got to see the new MacBook. Wow. What a machine. It looks absolutely beautiful. So much so, it, it almost looked like the tables were now too big and the MacBook Airs have been slowly pushed off to the side where not many people tend to go to, but looking at it and touching it, they didn't have the Touch ID model there, but oh my word, what a beautiful looking bit of equipment. Now, yes, there are the stories out there when people say, oh, it's not pro enough and all that sort of stuff. It's only got 16 gig of memory. But the one thing I'm wondering is because it's got this really fancy SSD, does that not sort of make up for the lack of actual RAM, considering how fast it can transfer data uh, yeah, across the buses, the memory compression? So, yes, I know there is a point there for having more RAM, but 16 gig, is that not such a bad thing? And again, that will be in the show notes as well. There's an article over at 9to5Mac from a developer uh, who goes on to say, first off, it's really fast. I've been using the MacBook Pro with the new version of Final Cut Pro and cutting 5K ProRes material all week. It's buttery smooth. No matter what you think the specs say, the fact is the software and hardware are so well integrated, it tears strips off, off superior spec Windows counterparts in the real world. This has always been true of Macs. If you're running software with old code which doesn't utilize the hardware well, you're not going to get the best performance as pointed out and i think he's true again i have in my other room i have a 2014 i3 windows laptop and it's just bonkersly slow running windows 10 i've optimized all the drivers blah 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 but oh everything just seems to take forever so much so it just on the side now collecting dust offers are accepted Right then, I think that's going to do. I've got a whole load of editing to do now. I'm recording the second bit of this on a Sunday night. Once again, thanks to John Nemo for Nemo's Hardware Store. Thanks for Simon for helping out this week with the editing on the website. And we'll probably have a bit more of a normal show coming up next week. So thank you all for listening. Don't forget, EssentialApple.com, at EssentialApple on the Twitter. We've got a Patreon doodah as well. So if you do uh, feel like spreading some Christmas funding for the show, because uh, we are going to be... Sp- we are going to be switching uh, podcast hosts very, very shortly. 
I'm sort of toying with the idea of offering a premium stream of a bit better quality, but I'd love to hear your feedback. Would you, are you happy with the same quality of what you get now? Or would you like to have something a bit more, a bit more premium if your bandwidth will allow it? Let me know again at Essential Apple on the Twitter. And that's it. Thanks very much for listening. Back soon.